This episode was shot when we were practicing, finding out where we wanted to go with our podcast. And if you're listening to this, you can also watch it on YouTube. What the what? What? Follow us in all the places. Nice. All right. Hey, now. Hey, now. I'm Felina Hopkins. And I'm Richard Cascioli. Yeah. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome, welcome. So, the other day you were asking me about uh, we we actually had a discussion about your romance novel. Yes. Writing and, and your books and the success of your romance novels. We and, were not talking about the success of my romance Well, novels. you are successful. You're just saying you're, I think that's you're very successful. sweet. Thank you. Um, anywho, <laughs> I dug out one of the portfolios I found. I couldn't find the box with all of them, but I did find a portfolio oh, with my goodness. some of them. So you can actually take a look and then i'll tell you what's up okay so here's the thing is we need to kind of show it to them and the people who are listening we do have a video version of this podcast you're gonna have to check it out and maybe we'll just put some of these photos look at you so anyway this is they do the photos first remember i told you yeah so i I have a couple of what he did photo wise and remember we were discussing how he said you know you got to be more passionate to turn this around yeah. for our viewers. And remember how you, I said you got to, he said you got to be more passionate yeah. and dig your hands in. Well, this yeah. is this is the girl I was wow. talking to her in her ear and she's saying, like, is, is that okay? You're you like, know? is this all right? Is this okay? But And she's like, yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, we had a blast, I, I must say. These were very fun to do. The women, you know, the models were re- really, you know, and they got into it too, as you can see. It is. <laughs> It was like you were, I mean, you were fantasizing, you know, and you, and you had to make it. Let me see this. This is the first time I've ever seen these. You, okay. you had to make it. You, oh, you know, my for, goodness. For the camera. Great lighting on that one, especially. Yeah, like he. Uh, oh, then, my so now, gosh. So, so then, they just made your hair darker on that. Yeah. So he would they illustrate just, them, yeah. paint them. He painted these from the photographs. Wow. And, and then, obviously, this is what you see, you know. Yeah. Um, here, turn another page for me. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. This was a good one. Wanted. Because I got the whole cup to myself. Because <laughs> 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 I got the whole cup to myself. Um, you know, again, that. these are some. Look at you. And then I have the actual covers. Like, so, oh, oh, here let me go. just explain to the people who are listening. I'm sorry. It's just me acting like this up. So we've got him on the cover when it says wanted. He's holding a big shotgun, shirt opened. Uh, an old style sheriff. sheriff. Yeah, so an old style sheriff uh, star badge. And the other one, this looks like a Regency, not quite. Well, maybe. So you, the dress looks like maybe Regency era romance. Yeah, you would know better than that. And then we have, this is definitely a Western. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a book by Patricia Potter. Few authors can combine the grittiness of the West with emotional and powerful writing like exactly. Patricia Potter. <laughs> and Mary is on the cover. And this one, he's got. Uh, like a that looks like a what is that? That looks like a belt with, but there's no gun. Oh I yeah, the, gun, the, the gun gun's on the there. other side. Oh okay. You can't see the gun. Can't see the gun. They didn't want to. Because I'm a righty. It's on my right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> that one has a, a like a light denim blue shirt opened, of course, and some jeans. He's a cowboy. He's got a cowboy hat on, hair blown in the wind, looking awesome. And this all is fair. This has like a. You got your hair, they painted your hair black because the guy, he painted them. He illustrated them, right? That's for Anne Avery's book. And this one looks almost Indian, like almost like a little, like if we're, what is the, what is the, what is the movie? 
Aladdin. Like if oh, Aladdin yeah, yeah, was yeah. all grown up. That's oh Aladdin my God, you're all right. Up. That's what it looks like. It does. It looks Absolutely. like Aladdin all grown up. Yeah. Very gorgeous. And then we've got more of these. Look at these. These are fantastic. Now, these are the actual covers that I was telling you about. Oh, you I, took I just, them off. I yeah. just took them off the books because obviously you can't put them in here. If, yeah. If you got a bunch of cowboy ones. My readers would like that. Yeah. They, he, he liked the cowboy theme. Yeah, because um, we have a cowboy in our series as well, in my series. Wind Song is gorgeous. She's got, oh my goodness. She like Pocahontas. <clears throat> yeah, With little the Pocahontas story. ponytails. Yeah. This uh, is more like, well, <laughs> Conan the Barbarian. Look, there's the elephants in the back with the tusks and, and stuff. And there you are. Just a, stunning. These are stunning. Very cool. Thank you. Very right cool. on. Yeah, yeah. It, I just found it very ironic. I that think you said, didn't you do over a thousand? I've done several hundred. Like I said, several I have, hundred. I have okay. a box That's downstairs. A yeah, it was it was crazy, but it was fun. Like I said, it was it was great to do something. I just find it, you know, very canny that I didn't really know that you did the the um, books, and and then we're talking about it, and then, yeah. So it's kind of I don't know. I find it very interesting it was almost like meant to be that we kind of get together or and, got do together podcast, yeah. and do a podcast and obviously not that it you know the whole podcast is going to be about no not at all stuff, yeah but no it's but but it's just a weird it's a strange coincidence for it sure. is a, a strange yeah. coincidence i like coincidences i like coincidence. there was something about that um i was just thinking of what was it da, 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 da. you did those mm. I don't remember. Oh, I know. I wonder if people are wondering, did you ever date any of the women you were in a no. photo with? Nope. Absolutely not. I kept it professional the whole time. Huh. Yeah. I just, I, I thought, I don't know. I, I just thought it would be better and more professional if it was, you know. Yeah. Because that could muddy things. And also, you never know. You know, somebody so you gets, thought like if you did more covers with them, did you do a few covers with them? Oh yeah, you did. There. So they would come back. Like you came back a lot. Obviously, I came you back did a lot. A couple and, hundred of them. Yeah, so and they switched in and out the, okay. the females for different color, uh, covers. I do remember one girl, woman at the time. I could. Well, I don't want to say girl. We weren't kids, but there was one woman at the time that I had a crush on. Oh, my own. She was, I just thought she was so beautiful. So beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and she and had no idea? No, I think she did because I'll tell you a little story. In oh, the, please tell me the story. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we basically had the same dressing room. You know, it, there wasn't really okay. like two dressing hey, no. rooms. So, it, it, you know, it was <laughs> like she would get dressed, I would get dressed, you know, and, um, separately. Mm -hmm. But... This, this oh one after the other yeah 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 we weren't like but this one girl i'm talking about i i kind of i kind of had a feeling she either knew i liked her i mean you know you can kind of tell when people like you yeah. and i think she could tell i liked her and i thought she liked me too but so that being said <laughs> she would come into the dressing room and just literally strip down take her clothes off and um so i turn around being polite and I, 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 i'm like are you kidding me right now like she's doing this on purpose oh i'm sure you know and, and nothing and you didn't 
She was probably like, I've done this every time, and this guy well, does not ask me out. Oh, my God. Maybe that's what she was doing. <laughs> what? Oh. Is this just what occurring to you? I didn't even, like, <laughs> I was trying to be so professional, and I thought, but you know what? Now, thinking back, you might be right. I think she was trying to intrigue me, and I'm like... <laughs> I'm like the, you know, a knucklehead. I'm sitting there like dirt at her. I can't believe you're, this is. Wow. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I mean, not for nothing, and I'm not just saying this. That is so. I, I happen to be you, a little. She's like taking it all off. And when and I tell you. you are ooh. being professional. She's uh, like, I can't believe he's not turning around while I'm completely naked. Oh, Even though I just made myself completely naked and I could have waited until he was out of the room. But wish he was professional. No, he, she wanted a date, or she wanted you to do something, or maybe even take a second in that room and say, "Hey." I think you I, might be I, right. Oh. I, 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 you know, all kidding aside, I've, I've always this been. This might a, make it into one of my books. Yeah, I've always been a little naive when it comes to that, only because, again, I, 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 I always tried to be professional and sh- chivalrous, you know, and I, I just, I never wanted to overstep. But she's like, overstepping by getting. No, away you're from right. I, I see that now. But you know, like I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose my job either. No, you know, I really oh, loved no, what I was that. doing. And God that's forbid that. anything happened, and one of the models was to go to. You know, and this is way before that kind of. Yeah, and what, what if they went to their complain. agent and said, yeah. "Hey, you know, this guy was inappropriate." Who knows? Who well, knows? That's a definite thing we need to so, worry about now. But definitely, but back, you know. What, I don't think you needed to worry about it back you then. You always but, needed to worry about it. It's just normally, it, yeah. That's a whole other subject. And, well, yeah. You but know, yeah, you didn't want to. You didn't want to jeopardize your job. Well, yeah, I really liked what I was doing, and I and it it, it was important to me. Like I take right. I take everything I do serious, and and I don't want to mess it up. You know, along those lines, you know, for me, the way I was raised. Hold on a second. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> like, she's getting fucked. How many times did she do that? Oh, a couple. Quite a few, actually. More than two. Oh, yeah, more than two. More than two. And I had such a what rush on her. Happening? Oh, my God. Oh, she, she did it for me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm done. Like, I'm done. But, but I think she, I really <laughs> think she might have had a boyfriend. Too oh. though, you know what I mean. So I okay, think she so was kind of yeah. It was like she was she, she was, was doing flirting or playing or you know what I mean. And uh-huh. and and I and I don't I I'm not sure she if was I teasing to I'm say not, like hey you can't have this yeah because I'm not sure if I I think if my recollection do I have was, cinnamon on my mouth no okay but it was a long time ago but I think my recollection was I I, I we I rolled up to the studio and I saw her getting out of the car with a, with a dude and he kissed her. And, and I thought, oh, she's got a boyfriend. So, right. and then she would do that. But, and I thought, oh, was, she did that after. Yeah. So, so like, had, that's why wow. I felt, you know what I mean? And I, I, anyway, along those lines, though, you know, again, I was raised no means no. You know, not that she was saying no, but I'm just saying in general. Well, she was saying, yeah. hey, I'm naked. Yeah, she was, but I thought she was actually, you know, probably trying to intrigue or cheat on her boyfriend or something. And uh, again, I didn't want to go down that road either. No, 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 no. That's, you know. that's a lot of drama. I and it could, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. It, you know, but, but even. I more, wonder, it would be so cool if she listened to this at some point. Oh, I know, And right. heard this story. And then she's like all of a sudden single and she reaches out to you and she's still is like, you know, 
got it going on and you guys get together and contact each other. Hey now. <laughs> there we go. Hey now. <laughs> Absolutely. I if she still looked the way she looks, you know. Well, I mean, she's going to be older. No, she's going to be older, but yeah. if she kept her, you know, stuff together, of course, because stuff together. You know, that's yeah. A, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. You know, but even Let's talk about that. Let's talk about getting that's a good subject and a good bouncing off point. Um keeping your sh- your stuff together as you get older. Yeah. You know, I saw um Jane Fonda because you know Jane Fonda had the Jane Fonda workout and all that stuff. Oh yeah. That but was she's big still back she's, in the day. She's in her early to mid 80s right now and yeah. still looks great and she was saying because people ask her how she stays in that way and she said I always tell people you have to move. Yeah. Even if you're in a wheelchair, move your arms. Move yeah. your arms. Stay active. Like do whatever you can. And if you're in a chair, because a lot of people, especially with the computer age, right? I mean, it's a sedentary life for a lot of people. And I'm an author. I found myself doing that. I'm at the computer, like typing all day. I could be there because I'm not just writing the books. I'm also doing the publishing business right. and doing all of this stuff, the advertising, the everything, the communicating with my readers, the keeping up on social media, you know, and the best of my ability. Um, and then you, you realize you haven't moved all day. Mm. So it's like, how do you, especially because you were a physical trainer or maybe well, a body in motion. You are still. You know, there's trainer. that adage: a body in motion stays in motion. But oh, I didn't. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you. A body I, in motion stays, stays in motion. motion. Yeah, I mean, I, think I about it. I, I'm. I, I was discussing this with a physical therapist today, and really. Well, yeah. And here I bring it up today. Yeah. Well, I, I, feel pretty, I, feel I pretty just right to be completely transparent, I. I'm back in physical therapy because I had a couple, you know, surgeries and if my leg was acting up again, I had to have my hip replaced because of fighting Muay Thai and just too much, you know, abuse. So long story yeah, short. You actually were a boxer too. Oh, yeah. 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 So I, I got bursitis in my right hip because of the surgeries and... It, you know, and it took me forever to go back to physical therapy. Because Can you I, explain what bursitis is? I bursitis is uh, inflammation of the bursar. And the bursar is, there's, if I'm not mistaken, there's one at every kind of um, joint. There's ones in your shoulders, your hips. There's only a few, I think maybe a half a dozen in the body. Um, but when it gets inflamed, there's a lot of nerve endings in it. And it, it, it then gets inflamed and it the pain is when I was home I was helping my dad because he has a hard time you know walking he blew his aorta and I would have to carry him up the stairs like help him up the stairs and mm-hmm. I got to the top of the stairs and I dropped to my knees this thing it was like somebody stabbed me in the hip I didn't know what it was and I thought oh my god I th- did I dislocate my hip again or something happened I thought I was gonna have to go back to surgery but then I came back here went back to my surgeon and he said you have bursitis. So, and then it took me nine months to get into physical therapy because I thought, oh, I, I'll, I'll work this out. It'll go away. I'll fix it. You know, that man mentality. Um, but it didn't. And I, it, it, hamper, it hampered my walking and my mobility. So long story short, we were discussing this today, how so many people, you know, don't take care of themselves, don't walk, don't exercise pretty much you know I'm, can, I'm raising my hand I was one of them I was one of them for a little while I just had working I was just a computer stuck so, with a computer and it wasn't me trying to avoid physical exercise I just had so much my head was the exercise and my body was being course. completely ignored 
of course. I'm changing that around right now. Yeah, see, I'm the complete opposite. If 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 I don't get out into my gym or move every day, I I get squirrely. I get nutty. You know, right. like I can't I can't go that long without doing some form of exercise, and whether it's hitting the bag or you know walking, hiking, tennis, getting after the weights, and I do it probably you know five six days a week. But again, it it does help. And the other thing that I don't know if a lot of the audience knows, but when you lift weights, it's a whole different ball game than just walking or tennis or exercise. Because when you actually lift weights, you're you're getting micro fractures in the bone, and then you heal from those, and then your bone density becomes stronger. Like when I had to go for this hip surgery, they had to do a bot, uh, you know, a bone scan because they got to know what your bone density is going in. Mm-hmm. And they did a bone scan, and I was a double plus. I mean, we're talking Wolverine kind of bone density. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it, but what is normal? I don't think there is anything as normal, but I guess you know, flatlining or straight lining. I guess you know would be like I guess a B you know, would be kind of like the normal person and anything below would be. But if my point in saying that is if you are moving and you're especially like hitting the weights, like for hitting the weights and I did construction all my life, so I was carrying heavy shit. Right. And that builds your bone density more. So again, as you get older, how many people, right, elderly people, when they fall, they break their hips, they break their knees, they break this, that, or the other thing. But if your bone density is strong, you can actually take a fall. And no. you might get scratched, banged up, whatever, on the skin, the outside. Right. Um, but you, your bones are not going to break. And then you're not going to have to go have surgery and, you know, all of that. So, again, everybody, even if you, eat, one of the healthiest things to do is just to walk. Just to walk. I heard also that it, um, impact. So jumping yes. jacks because oh, it, yeah. it strengthens the bones as well. Uh, absolutely. So if you're walking, not to do it tentatively, but if you want to stomp or do like, uh, you know, if you're running, you know, do just do that. Like jumping jacks builds the bone density. I was just telling that to some women today because uh, osteoporosis is pretty common in older women. Yeah. Um, after the, the, the menopause and stuff like that, you know, your hormones are different and your bone density gets weaker, brittle. But if you're doing impact, so I didn't know the weights though too. But oh, yeah, if you're doing yeah. impact, so if you're like, because I just started doing Krav Maga again. Oh yeah. And um, I, I did was Krav Maga punching. for ten years. I know it's amazing. I yeah. did it for a Oof, couple. Ah, I'm back in it, it. Yeah. You talk about that is badass. <laughs> it I is. Mean, it's super fun. It's no joke. Yeah. I, I was talking to one of the physical therapists about that today. Just and we, you know, he was. He said, well, what if a guy comes out you know, like this? And I, You're like, <laughs> here, I can show you. Yeah, and I showed him. I just like, <laughs> I go in on him, trap, break the trachea, break the nose. And he's like, man, mother. I'm like, yeah, bro. It's no joke. It's like a, Krav Maga, they explain it as it is like a car crash. One of the things they, um, they had, a, it's like a car crash. And Krav Maga is Israeli. It's what they teach the Israeli soldiers, and it's actually and the, what yeah, stands for. Yeah, the army for, and police force. Yeah, and it stands for, for hand, the Krav Maga stands for hand-to-hand combat. Hand-to-hand combat, self-defense, uh, weapons disarmament. It's, yeah. uh, it's hand-to-hand combat. But they always also teach us to get out. You get in and get out. Do not yeah. just try to get into a fight. It's about getting no, out no, of no. the fight. It's about taking them out fast, and then you're out. Um, there was something I was saying about this. 
Uh, oh, punching, because I was punching something and I was kicking something. And I'm like, that's actually increasing my bone density. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's getting my bones stronger because I'm having this impact of this. And it also it releases endorphins. It's very exciting. And it gets out any aggression that I have or anger or sadness, you know, just go, eh. And I just felt really, well, really good. Well, they do that in therapy for people. With punching? Well, you yeah, punch in a pillow. Or, yeah, but this one you're punching something. No, but you know what I'm saying. They're waiting for it, and they're ready. You know, and they yeah. they do this exhale where they so they don't have an impact. It's really fascinating, actually. Krav, um, I started into it because of the acting. A lot of actors have used it, female actors and men as well. But I saw some badass movies like um, Charlie's Angels with Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu. They all train in Krav. Well, yeah. You know all the Bourne movies, Bourne Supremacy, Bourne Legacy. Does he do those? All well? the fighting scenes are Krav Maga. Yeah, see, I did not know. Oh that. yeah, they take they, and they take anything's a weapon. You take this book, you smash it into their trachea, you smash it into their nose. It's street fighting. It's literally what it is. Yeah, take you, out. If you're going to take something, take something practical. You don't necessarily want to go. If you just want to exercise, yeah, go for boxing lessons. Hit the bag, hit the pads. It's great. Muay Thai is one of the best things, too, because then you're learning how to use your knees, elbows in, close contact. But if you want to learn something street-wise, practical, practical, Krav Maga, Sistema, you know, combatives, those are three, you know, Sistema is a Russian style, this is Israeli, combatives is pretty much a combination, but th these are things that you're going to use in the street. And then with Krav Maga, they also teach you, if somebody comes at you, first of all, you want to take a step back initially if the conversation is getting heated because mm -hmm. it only takes a quarter of a second to react. And if I'm one arm length from you, I could slap you in the face all day long. You'll never be able to get your hand up to protect yourself because it takes a quarter of a second to get your hand up. Mm -hmm. But if you take a step back, now if I go, you see me coming at you, the movement, and you can get to protect yourself. Yeah. That being said, yeah, that being said... They also teach you if when when you if somebody goes and puts their hand on you, you, you don't just slap it away and you don't just say stop. You break them. That's how they teach you. You break a finger. You break an arm. You break the trachea, the nose, whatever, so that they know you mean business. And if you get up again, it's going to be worse. I've often you know? said too. It's like if women all took this class, there'd be a lot less abuse against women. Oh God, yes. I mean, so much less. Oh yes. Because women, we'd be like. Oh, I'm sorry. What? What? Poof! And the well, guys would be men, like, "How? How did? How did? You know?" And, and then maybe the guys would take it and it'd be this big old battle. But I don't think so because a lot no. of times a bully just needs you standing up to him. Yeah. And you sit there and go, and or if you're out and about and you get attacked, this teaches literal defense. It's it's a very powerful thing. And the weapons disarmament thing. Ooh, I did this I thing. Love it. Yeah, I I, I, I I was only three months into the classes and I had a garage sale and a couple um, Israeli guys came up. And they, uh, so they said something about being Israeli. Um, oh, and let's just take a moment. Uh, I'm honoring what's going on over in Israel right now. But that's, that's a whole other thing. This is some years ago. So these two guys came up, and uh, I said I was taking Krav Maga. And they were like, you know that's Israeli? And I said, yes, I know. That's why I'm telling you. Because you just said you were Israeli, and I wanted to share you know, this commonality. Um, and he goes, uh, so you're taking it? I said, yes. He goes, okay. He picked up the scissors that were on the table that I had been using to cut signs. And he goes, take this from me. And I did. And he was huge. He was like you. Wow. And his friend was uh, not as huge. And he looked at me just with stunned. And the guy, the big guy goes, 
how long? Oh, no, I think the, the other one said, how long have you been taking this? I said, three months. And they were like, I mean, it was just, because I, I just took it. Because the thing is, is the, the wrist is a lot weaker than you think. And if somebody's got this at you, you can take it and take that thing from them, and they no longer have it. Well, to tell you the truth, though, I didn't get it in my hand and hold it back to him. I got it out of his hand, and it went on the ground. But, still, but that's enough. Yeah. Because it's no longer pointed at me, and he was a huge guy, and I'm just me, right? And I'm like, you know, five seven. Well, another it was like boom. Another thing with Krav Maga and any kind of self defense, street hand fighting, you always go for the weapon. People think. Yeah. People think you know. No, you have to disarm the weapon, and if they Get have nothing out. in their hands, the hands are the weapon. So you go for the hands, and the joints are the weakest part. You break a butterfly grip, snap the wrist, snap the fingers. If you break something on someone, they're going to think twice about coming at you again. And here's another thing. If you can't see, you can't fight. So put your fingers, your keys in their eyes. If you can't breathe, you can't fight. So break their nose, break the trachea. I know we're getting into this is so ah, dark, but I love it. But it's, you know, <laughs> well, you're you were also a professional fighter, like a, yeah, yeah, you did fight. Yeah, so <laughs> but yeah. It's, I mean, let's hope that nobody ever needs this. No, but right. it is it is cool to know, and it is very empowering because for me, you'd think when I was doing it um, actively, and this was eight years ago when I was fully into it and I got to be an orange belt and we talked about this, the belt tests there forever. Mm. That, that the, to be an orange belt, I had to take a seven hour test. Oh yeah. And I, I cried twice during it, but I was like, I'm going to keep going. But I was like, Oh, I mean, it was so, so the exertion, you don't have to, if you're interested in taking this though, you don't have to become a belt. You don't have to do that no. at all. But it was super exciting. And you would think that it would made me harder because it's like a woman fighting, but actually it softened me because I knew I could, I didn't have to have this, this wall around me protecting me because I knew I could protect myself now. You know what I mean? So I was actually softer because I was like, oh, I'm actually fine. I think it goes along with the story of biting the nails. I know I'm fine. Yeah. When I was out traveling, I'm like, oh, I've got white on the end of my nails because I'm I finally allowed them to grow. I, I was able to soften uh, because I was no longer needing to defend myself. And my defending myself came from the childhood thing that happened to me. That's There's a... Um, that's a whole nother, another... Thing. I read this book, um, and the title of the book was... Um, oh, my Lord. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. It, it'll, oh, The Astronaut's Guide to a Life on Earth. What? Yeah, That's and what it was book. was it's it's a it was a, a pilot from Canada, and he was married, had a family. Is this fiction or nonfiction? No, nonfiction. Nonfiction. Okay. Yeah, and it's a true story. Um, and he wanted to be an astronaut so bad. And back in the day, you know, America was like, Canada, really? You want to be an astronaut? Like, what are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You know. So they. You know, so anyway, long story short, Why? the guy... Why? Why can't well, they, they, Exactly. Exactly. Anybody right. can be yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. that. Anybody can be anything. Right. You put your mind to anything, you can do it. It's it's that, you know, just you got to get after it, the tenacity. But so long story short, this guy wrote a book about the astronaut's guide to a life on Earth. And what it is, is when you're up in space... So he finally became an astronaut. He, he moved to Florida... And kept applying, you know, at NASA, uh, Cape Canaveral. And he finally got in. And he finally became an astronaut. And he finally went up to space. And he wrote this book because while he was in space, he realized that 
any false move, you're dead in space. You don't get a second chance to do things in space because it's pretty much life or death. So he was so hypervigilant that he would plan three steps ahead all the time for everything he had to do. Well, if I do this and this goes wrong, or if I do this and this happens, I got to do this. Mm -hmm. So he wrote this book, which I think is brilliant. I read it. Oh my God. And it's, it's how I think. I always think three steps ahead. If I do this and this happens, then I got to do this. Or what am I going to do if this happens, if that happens, or if this guy. So, but the point of the book is that if you're always thinking three steps ahead and you are that prepared, you get to relax in life because you're already prepared. Mm -hmm. So if something does go wrong, you've kind of already thought it out. But how do you live in the now then? Well, you, you live in... you. The you're point, constantly looking at the three steps ahead. No, no, no. You're living in the now. But that's the point. Tell me how you're living in the now. The point is that you, you, it's preparedness. If you prepare yourself, uh, then you know you. So then, what happens is you got to flip the script in your head and say, "No, I am prepared." And so, then whatever so, happens, happens. So, so then you can walk around in the world and be relaxed. And if something should happen, you already know that you're going to be able to handle it. It's like MacGyver. You know what I mean? There's nothing you could have thrown at that guy that he couldn't get out with a paperclip or whatever. And it's kind of also what you said. If you fall down, but you've been doing the work on your body, you're not going to break the hip. You're going to just get dinged up. But your bones are so strong because you have already done the preparation. Right. For not, you didn't prepare for a fall. But now your body is so prepared that if you were to fall, the because you've prepared a healthy body. C correct. You know what I mean? So then you fall down. I'm just tying it up to what you said earlier. Right, correct. Now you fall down and you're like, I'm, oh, I don't have to do a surgery. I actually get to... But you, you, I find it interesting. You had to do a hip replacement, but it was not because you fell down. It was because you got banged up so much from... I wore it out. You wore it out. <laughs> from kicking so much. <laughs> I mean... It, but again, because of where I came from, the adversity, the trauma. I mean, people are going to just not work out. They're going to be like, I don't want to work out because that means I might have to have my hip replaced. Like well, I, I, I couldn't ever, <laughs> I never thought I was prepared enough. You, you know what I mean? I, oh, because, because of the, over? We, I, yeah, because of the trauma, I, 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 I couldn't stop myself from training. It, mm. You know, I mean, literally, my day was getting up, going, working out, then you know, training people how to fight all day long, then going to fight myself, then on the way home, I'd hike Runyon Canyon twice. And, you know, it, it was nuts. When I was in New York, I would work construction all day long from seven to five o'clock. Then I'd go home, have a coffee, run to the gym, work out for two hours. Then from there, I'd go to Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu, and I would train till midnight because I just, I couldn't be prepared enough. But when you come from, you know, physical abuse, domestic abuse, you, you, you never want to be on on the other side of that hand or belt or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. So you, you think, or I thought I needed to, and, and even to this day, I haven't, you know, because of my hip stuff, I haven't gone back to the fighting yet. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a little leery because I don't want to have any more surgeries and I don't want to really get banged up. But interesting you say that because, you know, it's not how many times you fall down. It's not how many times you get knocked down, beat down, beat up, humiliated, whatever. It's how many times you get back up and get after your shit. You know, not everybody that goes through or has had adversity like you discussed, I discussed in a previous podcast, can 
come back from that. You, you, you kind of go into this rabbit hole or this shell and you isolate and really can't be in the world, you know, because you, and I walked around like that for a long time, afraid. I, I, I wouldn't even leave the house because I thought, if, what if somebody bullies me? Then I gotta, and I don't wanna, I don't even wanna get into it. But through the healing process of all the work I've done, man, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. Like I, I actually, I, I actually walk around in the world and I don't feel like, for instance, <laughs> about a month ago, I was at Ralph's and I'm going to get in the elevator and I see this big dude coming towards me, like maybe to get in the elevator. And immediately I thought, oh, this guy's, you know, might jack me or whatever. And then he rolls up and I was like, hey, dude, what's up? I'm like, hey, bro, what's up? He had mad respect, you know, and so did I. And, but that's it's just the childhood stuff. It's, it's you, like it really, it really sticks with you. And oof. That, it's the, oof, it's that initial thing. It's the, knee, it's the knee jerk default fear. And my thing is uh, because of the, the stuff I've had from my books, I had a lot of, a lot of haters from my books. I've had a lot of having to get over what other people think of me because mm. I had so many people were like, nah, nah, nah. I don't get me wrong. I have my readers are fantastic. And, and I, I got, a, I have a lot of love coming at me too, but I had so much, I just got really, one of the reasons I wasn't on social media for a little while is I just was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And nothing's happened for years, but I mean, just little bits, but I still would be like a little tiny thing would come up. And I was like in a cage of my yeah. own making, just going, find my happy place, find my happy place. There's something that happens with tra with traumatic stress when you're like, I can't. Well, because you're what happens when you go into stress and you, you're in fear, your cortisol levels go through the roof. And then what happens is you either fight or flight. And, yeah. and I did both. You know, the flight thing, well, there's fight or flight, and then there's a couple of different degrees of that. The fawn is when you the freeze. Fawn? Yeah, there's a, in therapy, that's called fawning. You're, you're a fawn, and it's like a deer in the headlights, and you can't, you freeze. And that has happened to me. I, I've literally panicked, and, you know, and you freeze. But through all the training I, I've done, you, you know, you have to kind of keep that at bay. And, and then know that, you know, again, it, you can't, I don't know, it's, it's a... It's, you got to do the work to heal it. I mean, get, that's the thing is you have, and I'm, I'm still working on that, but it's like, you have to own it, know what it is. And when that trigger comes up, uh, don't let it own you, you know, go, okay, this is a trigger. This is something I need to think about. What, what is causing this? All right. Do I need to act on it? Do I need to do something? You know, I think one of the things about the trigger, we have a kind of a trigger, what's the word? Well, it's a trigger Society. response. Society, oh, yes. Yeah. A lot of things are like, the trigger, don't don't push my button, don't push my button, that's triggering me, you're triggering me. I, I kind of think that we need, it's, it's a good idea, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it's a good idea to identify the trigger and rather than saying, well, that's going to trigger me, I'm not going to do it um, to a certain extent, going toward it and, and like making it so it doesn't trigger us anymore face your fear and do it anyway yeah yeah elizabeth uh, no sorry elizabeth um 
Eleanor Roosevelt said, you must do the thing you think you cannot do. Mm. And her husband, Theodore Roosevelt. No, it was Franklin. Fra- yeah. Um, Franklin. Delano was it Roosevelt. Franklin? Yeah, it was Franklin. No, 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 I know, but I'm... Oh, you're wondering I'm, who said the I'm, quote? Well, I'm pretty sure it was him that wrote this thing, and was the, man in the, the man in the ring. And it's about until you've gotten in the ring and have had your ass handed to you and beaten and you've been on the ground and you keep getting back up, you, and this goes back to the judgment, you don't judge anybody until you've gotten in the ring. Oh, and yeah. You, and, you know, yeah. until you walk a mile in my shoes, don't, please don't judge me. And yeah. what comes up for me around that too is unless you've walked a mile in my shoes, you, you don't get to take my inventory. No. You know, if you're not paying my bills, if, you, if you're not supporting me, well, then you don't If you get... didn't grow up in my household, if you didn't grow up with my history, if you didn't grow up with, my, with the things I went through in school, all the things that make us us today, it really is impossible to judge. I, I, I just actually figured this out. When you just said it, because you're like, you're walking in my shoes. It's not my shoes now. Because my shoes now are perceiving things based on the viewer of all the, either the work I've done on myself or the work I haven't done on myself. And that means all the stuff that has happened up until now. It's not just me walking around. I'm this, that, I have this job. I'm with this person. These are my friends. This is the place I like to go. It's my entire history. So you can't, I can't judge you because I haven't lived your life, the entirety of your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't judge you because I wasn't raised in your house, went through your school, your friends, your teachers, your first jobs, your first letdown, your first love that, you know, that, um, not your first heartbreak. Hello. I was like passed on. It's not right. But it's not just like, it's walking in the shoes of a lifetime because that informs everything, you know? And I don't mean just holding on to the past and that now, well, I, I'm, I'm just my past. Even the working of, of it. You can't even judge me if I've been working on this therapy and working on to heal myself that you also don't know that. Like you have no clue, meaning the you that would be judging. You know what I mean? People are very It's fascinating. Like quick. nobody can judge each other. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to judge other people because you just can't. You didn't know what, what they do. But people are very how quick they got there. to go to judgment. Yeah. And I, again, I think judgment stems from your own fears. You know, in your own inadequacies. Oh, that's good. And, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. Right. And I, I, again, I, I try to be as compassionate and empathetic as I can towards everyone. I, I, I would never go out of my way to hurt somebody's feelings or judge them. Or And, I, and I've been judgmental. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress. I, I, I don't do everything perfect. But at least I pay attention. And, and if I... If I, wa- I don't do it anymore. I, I, I would never want anyone to feel self-conscious or, you know, bad about themselves. Like, I mean, like, just You wouldn't for- want to make them feel that way. Right. Or like, well, people feel the way they feel, but you wouldn't want to make, you know, you wouldn't want but, to inspire but them. But you could, <laughs> you could say something out of context. And, and or be some- mean. Or be, or be right mean. mean right. Or narcissistic because that's just who you are. Yeah. And then the other thing is, like, what you were just saying is... You, I, I, I mean, everyone is doing what they're doing. They're not doing it to us. That's just who they are. So if you can really step back, sit in the seat of awareness and detach from what they're doing yeah. and think, well, I could be anyone in front of this guy right now and he's going to react or she is going to act the same way. 
But what we do from our wounded self is we take it personally and then we take it on and say, oh my God, they're being so mean and this and that. And then for me today, I have to speak up for myself because if I don't, then I go, then we, I go home and then I'll beat myself up worse than that person was just doing to me. And and that's even worse because then you feel, well, I didn't even attempt to take care of myself. I have this thing now that I say, and I will quote the famous, God rest his soul, Wayne Dyer. And he used to say, yeah, I love him. He, I'll tell you a quick story. Okay. After my first hip surgery, um, this was about five years ago and I was sitting right here and I was eating a bagel with cream cheese and a coffee and my buddy from New York called me and he had just gotten pretty much into Wayne Dyer, you know, and I didn't even know who he was at the time. And he sends me this clip of Wayne Dyer and, and I just would watch it every day. I was enamored by, it was his five things, you know, to just live a peaceful life. And he, he said that yeah, like- Yeah, do you remember what they are? I, I, I'm going to... Or at least one of them. Yeah. Well... You can look it up. Yeah, he said, um, when someone is, you know, either bullying you or trying to give you their perspective, and it's that let's agree to disagree thing, but I use it because it, it there's a couple of things that it does. And, and the phrase is, that's an interesting perspective. I will give that some thought. Yeah. So now if someone is actually trying to get a point across, you don't agree with them, or they're being narcissist, narcissistic, or they're making fun of you, whatever it is, all you have to say is that's an interesting perspective. I'll, I'll give that some thought. I'll look into that. Because now what you're doing is you're validating them, and that's all they're really doing. They want validation. Mm-hmm. So you're validating them. They walk away from the conversation thinking, oh, see, I knew I was right. Or I got my point across. Or I, I, I really hammered it home. But you just you just annihilated them and took care of yourself and walked away because you're not agreeing with them. But but now they feel good about themselves, right? And thinking that they, they got you or they got over it. And now they, if we ever say this in public and somebody's heard our podcast, they'll know we just annihilated them. Oh yeah. Well, good, and and rightfully so. You know, that's an interesting perspective. I'll give that some thought. And then I say, "Wow, I gotta go. Take care. Have a nice day." If I ever say that to you, I'm so sorry, but I'm I'm not agreeing with you. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Although I do say that's an interesting idea. If I do agree with you, so let's take it with a maybe. And that comes. Oh, my dog is barking out there, literally. And that comes full circle around to being able to set boundaries. We don't set boundaries for ourselves. Wait, how does this go with setting boundaries? Well, you're you're taking care of yourself. You're setting a boundary by saying, well, that's an interesting perspective. Instead of just sitting there like a deer in a headlight and allowing someone to say nasty things to you. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're stopping it. A boundary, I always see a boundary as like, I'm not okay with that. Um, you know, like... Um, I learned, you can say to somebody, which sounds so obvious, but uh, I don't allow people to talk to me like that. Right. And that's definitely a boundary. But you're saying it can be a boundary with just saying, that's an interesting perspective. Because it's not, it's not saying, I don't want you to talk to me like that. You can just say, that's an inter- interesting perspective. You're, you're basically saying, I hear you. Cool. I'm going to think about it. But I'm going over here. And right. Yeah. Have you used it? Oh, yeah. It, 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 takes, it takes people right out of the game. <laughs> they they like 
because, like I said, you're validating what they're saying by yeah. saying that. Yeah. And they think you're agreeing with them, but you're not. Right. You're taking care of yourself. And then the other thing is, like you said, being able to just walk away. Yes, we can set boundaries and say that's inappropriate. I don't appreciate you talking to me like that. And that is very important. But again, you got to do the work. You got to do the work on yourself to get that courage to be able to speak up in yourself. And people who come from physical, domestic abuse, that's a very, very difficult thing to overcome. And it's a very difficult thing to say to someone please don't talk to me that way because some people that have come from abuse and demand, you learn not to even open your mouth because yeah. if you do open your mouth, you're, you're going to get, you're gonna get beat and beat even worse. <laughs> In my household, it, it was my father's way or the highway and you sure in hell did not speak back. And if you talk back, you got it even worse. You know, so I learned at an early age to just keep quiet and, 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 not say a word but then it hampered my entire life i i i couldn't i couldn't talk you don't know how you speak up for yourself i didn't know how to speak up for myself yeah. i didn't know how to say that do i don't like that don't do that and then and, and that's why i got into all these other modalities and that's another thing let's talk about that for a second the modalities of <clears throat> what you have done to take care of yourself you know some people like myself, I'll keep the focus on myself. I, I went to the such an extreme of training every kind of fighting system I could. You, you know, I mean, I could literally kill somebody with a pencil. It's crazy, but it it's true. Because of, I never wanted to go through that or to have to endure that ever again. And then all of the fighting, all of the, the, the weight training, the hiking, the just extreme, extreme, extreme. To the degree is my point that we have to get to a point, I think, at some level and say, is this serving me anymore? You know, so my dichotomy around that is, for me, it is still serving me because like on the onset of this, you know, podcast, we were discussing how a body in motion stays more. So now I do it more for pleasure, not for survival. No, yeah, you do it for keeping yourself in shape. Yeah, you know what I mean? But for my entire life, I was doing it for survival. <clears throat> and and that's another thing and I mean, as a survival instinct too when right. you were combating that kind of trauma right. thing right and then for the longest time when I had like I said I had to go through several I had three surgeries in 18 months because the first hip surgery was botched and blah 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 but man did I tell you I went down the rabbit hole because I was training like a lunatic you know, I couldn't get enough. I couldn't do enough. I couldn't be on top of my game enough, God forbid, just in case, like the astronaut's guide. But then when I was crippled, and that and that was, but they say, you know, until you hit your knees, you know, you, you can't turn it over and have faith that something higher, greater than you is going to restore you to faith and serenity and sanity. And Man, it took me down the rabbit hole, though, because I was so physical and getting after everything, and then I couldn't do anything. I was literally on a walker. Yeah. And Gosh. that was brutal. And I couldn't I couldn't walk. I couldn't come up. I couldn't take a shower. I couldn't, but, like, but, but you told me what you did was you would take that down the stairs oh, and yeah. pull yourself back up to keep yourself I got active. 22 stairs on the back of my house. I have a duplex. And... I would literally take the, the, the walker, throw it over the railing down to the lawn, 
crawl down the stairs, go get it, walk up and down the driveway about a hundred times, and then I take my belt off, strap it around, strap it over my shoulder, and crawl back up. This, the walker over the your walker shoulder. over my shoulder and walk back up. But, because you were not, you were not going to just sit oh there. No. Oh That's hell, impressive. And I ain't gonna let anybody take me out of the game. Yeah, you know, I I have this. And interestingly enough, I was reading. I could learn a lot from that. Actually. Yeah, I was listening. A lot of us can learn a lot from that. Yeah, I, I, it's again, it's it's your tenacity, it's your drive. How bad I say I have these phrases, but it's how bad do you want it? Do you, am I going to sit on the couch and eat Twinkies and watch I Love Lucy and just rot? No, I'm going to heal myself and get back in the game. And I might not be a hundred percent like I was, and I'm not. But I'm going to be the best version of what I am with my, you know, injuries and, and things. And I'm getting after it. I mean, I'm really getting after it. They told me I would never be able to squat. I would never be able to, you know, squat weights again. I would never be able to do this, that, and the other thing. And I said, oh, hell no. And the guy looked at me like I was nuts. He goes, dude, at your age, what are you talking about? Like, why do you even want to do any of that shit anymore? And I looked at him like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? I think, yeah, why, what are you supposed to do? Just sit down and, no. Give up. Yeah. That's your option. You either give up or you get back up and get after it. And yeah. what I would do when I went down the stairs, I'd put my iPods in my ears and I would listen to Wes Babin and the, the Navy SEALs <clears throat> books. And this is Team Six who got Bin Laden, but it, it, it just that, that mentality. Every day I was hammering in, get after it, get after it, get after it. You can come back from anything. And these guys are, in my eyes, like, you know, I, I just had that. All, all of my relatives, my uncles were all Marines. And I just had that in me that, like, get after it. But, it, but it's not, I don't even think and it's from them. you wanted to be one. Oh, I did, but my mother was like, oh, hell no. And, but I would have been a good Marine. Or, or a Navy SEAL. I would have went for a SEAL. Anyway, long story short, though, if you have the drive, the tenacity, the will to get after your life, and 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 that then projects into every aspect of your life. It's not just keeping in shape. It's not just, you know, getting after the weights or fighting, whatever. It Then it becomes your business. It becomes your success. It becomes your serenity. Because now I've turned it into... How bad do I want to be happy? How bad do I want to be healthy? How bad do I want to heal myself so I'm not walking around in the world like yeah. a victim? And I don't anymore. Right. You know? And then when I learned to really kind of... A friend of mine that I told you we get together every Friday, she said to me, Richard, you have to own all of the work you've done. Mm -hmm. You're a miracle. What you came from and what you are today, you're a miracle. So you got to own that. And if you don't own it... You're going to continue to wallow in the trauma of your past. I have said this before. And again, it's this, this is Joe Dispenza, but he says, if you, if you don't wake up with a vision of the future, you're living in the memories of the past. And I add that you're living in the memories and the trauma of the past. So every day I would get up and I would write a vision of the future. Where do I see myself? Where do I want to be? Whether it's success, body weight, the car I want to drive, whatever. And it's not, this is not outside validation. This is taking care of yourself. It's called self-care. But if you have a vision of the future and you think about it every day and you write it out every day, exactly what you want. Like, I mean, to the um degree of what I want the house to look like, the pool, the bocce ball court, a ping pong table, <laughs> whatever it is, you're now you're training your brain to, to go towards that. I did that. I yeah, did that. That's it when, works. I got, when I got really successful with the books, I had done that 
uh, with, I wrote down every day, uh, I'd read The Millionaire Mindset. Ah, I've and, read that, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. great. And yeah. I wrote down every day for 30 days, my heart's desire, he, as he puts it. And I, I wrote it every day. And he said that if you miss a day, I think he said this, or I just knew this from something else. Um, if you miss a day, you start over. It should be 30 consecutive days. Yeah. So it took me about 90 days, or I'm not sure I didn't count exactly, but I would put day one. And then if I missed it again, like at day 15, I'd be like, ah, oh, shoot, I missed day 16. Go back, day one. And so it took me about 90 days to do it in order. But later I said, oh my gosh, this, 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 all of these came true. Later on, all the things that I had put on that list absolutely came true. Yeah. And it was a fascinating thing. And I'd forgotten about it. And I started kind of doing it recently, but I was doing it more. I need to do it more with how I see my life. So I'm glad you brought that up again because it's a very cool way of manifesting. It keeps you goal-oriented. Because of what oh, happened with me, it's not. It's like the, the law of attraction, but it's also it's a matter of when, you, when it comes, you spot it. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'm out here. Uh, and this person might be exactly of the thing that I was, I was making. I was, I was, one of my things was to make my movie. And I got out, um, I got locked out of my apartment in Manhattan in January, just a month and a half after I got Soph, my dog. Um, I'd adopted her and she's mostly hair. Well, she's missing a lot of hair. She had part of it from trauma and part of it turns out she's got some hairless DNA as well. So we're out in the snow and I've got a jacket on her, but it's the freaking snow. And I've left my keys in my apartment. So I pressed the buzzer of the guy who lives across from me, not knowing that that place was operating as an Airbnb. And he didn't just live there. He was an Airbnb. So out comes uh, another guy who I think is just a friend of his, but it turns out it's an Airbnb. And this guy, he's the movie producer. He goes, oh, yeah, you should meet because you're an actress, Felina. And he's a movie producer. And I said, really? And I looked at him. I thought, I think this guy is my producer the one that I was looking for for my movie. Mm. Turned out he was only there for a few days. He was in between moving apartments. He wasn't visiting town. He just happened to be in the Airbnb across from my spot. And if I hadn't locked myself out, I would never have met him because he was only there for like three days and that's it. And so I went inside, we talked briefly. I didn't say, hey, I've got a movie. You want to read it? I said, he said, oh, you're working on something. I said, yeah. Oh, I did say, you do independent films? I'm working on something. I'm, I'm curious about that. How did you work with this? And he's like, well, you have to be careful about who you work with because you're going to be working with them for years. And I'm like, well, that's a very good, a very good tip. I said, like, what's one tip? And I went inside and turned out then the other guy um, who was normally staying there goes, hey, you want to go out and get a bite to eat? And my future producer, uh, Joe Barbagallo, great guy, also a lot of Italian, um, he said, uh, sure, uh, ask Felina if she wants to come. And I had food being delivered to me because, again, January, freezing. And I had food, and I was going to be working that night. I had a, a, an order already in. So what I did was I ran down, I got the order, and I stuck it in my fridge and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm free for dinner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and had the food later because I wasn't like, well, I just ordered food. You know what I mean? Because I literally had been readying myself for this moment. And then he read the script said he'd take a few days, sent me an emoji saying probably shouldn't have read this in a cafe with a little tear thing because it it's a heartbreaker. Um, and there you go. But that was on my list. I have a great crew. We're shooting this and, you know, la, la, la. I have an apartment. And, oh, my gosh. It all fits together. My point is, is that you put the goal, but then you have to, when you see the, the thing pop in front of you, you take it. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, this is actually, this, this is my opportunity. Right. And, and I think you can see that more if you have the goal. 
because the opportunities are constantly presenting themselves. But if you don't even know that you're looking for that and it's like, oh, this is actually it, right? I have a quick story. I was years ago, I mean, this was like 20 years ago, I'm, I'm walking around the uh, Hollywood Reservoir with a friend of mine and his girlfriend and we were looking at some of the houses, you know, and I, and I said, oh, wow, that's a beautiful house. You know, it was like a 1920 Spanish. I'm attracted to architecture. and I love Spanish, I, Spanish yeah. architecture. So I said, and this girl at the time woman said oh my god I, I i i'll never be able to have a house like that i'll never afford a house and i go you're absolutely right <laughs> and she said why would you say something like that i go i didn't you did <laughs> and she's like what do you mean i go you just said i will never have a house like that and so you're putting in your mindset that you're never going to have that house yeah i said me i look at that house i said oh i'm gonna have that house one day and mm. and it's because it if you a huge if difference. you can't see it you will never have it if you don't allow your imagination and and that's really what it is it's your imagination we I believe that we are all supposed to be multimillionaires you know but we stop ourselves because of our limitations and no one. Well, I should say, no, we all do it. We put limitations. I still maybe, I don't know if I do, but my point is, I, the other thing is I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I know some people don't like that saying because they say, well, I don't like that saying because then you it's kind of negative. You're right where you're supposed to be. And I go, yeah, but if I was supposed to be further along, I would be further along right now. So again, then it goes down, it comes back to being humble and being grateful and, ha and and allowing yourself. One of the things I do constantly is make a gratitude list. When I get down and when I'm sad or, or if things are bothering me or I'm overwhelmed, I sit and I just five, 10 minutes make a gratitude list because it grounds you, it brings you right back. Where are my feet? Where am I sitting? What, what do I, do I have a roof over my head? Do I have groceries in the fridge? Am I, am I, am I okay? Right. Is anyone attacking me right now? No. Right. So you're okay. Right. But if you can't visualize what it is that you do want out of your life. When I mentor people, sponsor people, I ask them, where do you see yourself in five years? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, where do you see yourself in five years? Would, would you like this job, that job? You want to be married? You want kids? You want to be this? You want to be that? Career? What, what, do, you, what do you want out of life? Mm -hmm. And they think it's weird, but it's not weird. Because if you can't... Why would they think that was weird? Because they're pretty known again, to do a because they're limited. List. They're limited, oh, is oh, my oh, point. Oh, the, yes, li yes, that yes. limited thinking right. of... I, I, so many people cannot even think past the day. They're like a hamster on the wheel. You, you get up. You, you, you know, you, you, you go to the restroom, you make your coffee, you eat your breakfast, you get in your car, you sit in traffic, you come home, you watch TV or you get on your computer, you, you do this, that or the other thing right. to keep yourself You're occupied. On the You're right. And I call that distractions. You're just distracting yourself. And then I ask him, well, how much time do you spend on yourself? What do you mean? I go to work. I do. No, that's, that's not, that's things that you do to survive. Right. But what do you actually do? Do you sit and meditate? Do you give yourself five minutes? Do you make a gratitude list in the morning and at night before you go to bed? Do you write down what your future five years are going to look like? Right. What's your goal? What's your manifesting? Right. What are you planning on putting together? Right. People yeah. go to bed with their phone or their computer and they fall asleep and their partner's right next to them and it's like, whatever. And they're watching somebody else what they've manifested. Right. <laughs> so instead not, of... Not that the entertainment isn't good because <coughs> it's actually good to... 
to unwind and I like listening to music or whatever. But a lot of people aren't spending time on what they're creating with their life. And then there's this, so at the end of the life, they're like, why didn't I do that? How and that's a really good question. It? It's, it, it, have to I find say it, it all the time. And you have to know what it is you're going after to know. Because... Well, yeah. you have to set some goals. You don't necessarily have to know what it is that you want or that you're going after, but you have to have a vision of the future and you have to set some goals. And along the path, you, you might come to a crossroad and say, wow, do I take this road? Do I take that road? But at least it got you to the crossroad. And which which one is my passion? And what do I love? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I know there's that saying, you know, if you're doing something you love, it's not work. And But it is true. No, it is true. It's absolutely true. Why would you want to go and be miserable with a boss who's miserable? Because, with you, need, because you need the money. And there's a lot of people right now who do need the money. So and I understand that too. That. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking but, a, a nine but, to five. But you can. And that's not even nine to five. You could be working at some place that you just don't want. I spoke to a woman last night that's going to go back to school. And she's just going to take a job at a fast food place. And she's in her late 40s. But, but that's a like, different scenario. But she because she said that fast food is paying right. more. And it gives her health care. And right. she enables her to go and do this schooling. And she but, goes, it's a little embarrassing. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think it's wise. No, but she... But because she, she's got a goal. Right, because she's not stuck in, I'm going to go and get this mundane job. And that's all she's doing. She's she's using the job to support what she's doing so that she can go that's to the next exactly level. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Which is what I told her. I'm like, no, that sounds genius to me. Yeah. So what if you're working in a fast food place? You're also going to school to do this thing to help people. And the other and thing that is, it's, is amazing. The other thing and she is, goes, it's well, never I don't know too what else late. To do because the degree I had back there, she was in a different country. It doesn't serve here. And I'm like, she's like, so I have to start over. And I said, well, at least you're doing that because, as I've told people before, that when people have said, oh gosh, but it'll take me. You know how long it'll be before that happens? Exactly how long it would be if you didn't do it. Exactly. The time is going to pass in the exact same way. It is never too late to change gears and go a different direction. And that is Never a perfect place to stop. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. It's been a pleasure talking Thank you. to you, for you, and kind of with you. Have a great day, week, and get after it. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. <laughs>